Hi, I'm Rachel Ingrind, and this is Brain Yapping, Battle Damaged, a podcast where me and my friend and renowned neuroscientist Dean Burnett discuss all matters mental health, because 2020 really did its best to kick the crap out of ours. Good start there. Excellent. Sorry, excuse me. I just cough right into the mic. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Can you catch it over the audio waves? I don't That's think it. so. Just, but, I'm uh... sure there must be a conspiracy theory out oh, there that says well, I've just sent it to you via the wires. Yeah, well, that, that was the first one, didn't it? 5G is causing it. So that was already, uh, that was the original COVID <laughs> yes. conspiracy. So. Yeah, the OG conspiracy. <laughs> oh, bless. So, hi, Rachel. How's things? Hi, Dean. All good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm fine. I've been fine since we last spoke, which was, by my count, three minutes ago. <laughs> so, um... Yes, exactly. Well, we can remember that, can't yeah, we? we can, well, you can, hope so. can literally remember three minutes ago. Yeah. I, don't know, I can't tell you anything that's happened in between, but that's not enough time for anything to really happen of note. Unless you know, get hit by a meteorite or something. But well, I've not, I've yeah. not completed a jigsaw or baked any sourdough bread in the last three minutes, and that's literally yeah. all that I've been thinking about over the last eighteen months. So no, I've just got an image of a jigsaw of a loaf of sourdough bread. <laughs> it's like the most. Oh my the god! Most... Like the the ultimate <laughs> pandemic, like pastime. Yeah. yeah, the ultimate bleak pandemic pastime. This is what uh, it felt like. You know, a thousand pieces. Put them all together. Uh, a thousand piece jigsaw of sourdough bread, but you're completing it with friends via Zoom. There, <laughs> yeah, we, there go. we go. That's it. Pandemic that's... themed party there. <laughs> 2021 Christmas bestseller. That's what <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that... I, I, I might just avoid that one. <laughs> <laughs> Kids nagging for it. Daddy, I want the sourdough jigsaw. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. a fad. <laughs> Yes, oh my god, this is number one selling toy. Jigsaw of a loaf of bread. Well, I mean, I got like every day I wake up and I'm like, what's going to happen today? So, like, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that that could actually happen. Um, Why the hell not? I mean, everything else is just chaos, isn't it? So, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Uh, so. Speaking of bread and uh, high carb products, and dough and doughiness. <laughs> ah, nice. That's better than my link. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, I think I mentioned it a couple of times in the previous episodes, but uh, since like June now, actually, because September as we record this, I've been trying to get back into some sort of shape. I say back into. I'm, I'm, the best shape I was in was I was like just about eighteen, and. Uh, well, I mean, Dean, you're yeah. always a shape. Oh, yeah, but the best shape, I said. <laughs> the shape I remember. I well, who's, who's to say what the best shape is? I mean, my, my favourite shape is the triangle. Can you be a triangle? I, I, I wasn't ever a triangle. I have too round a head for that. But um, <laughs> okay. subjectively, the physical shape, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> being in, which I find, find really most fondly, is like 18, just, you know, uh, the, the, the impact of puberty and uh, development. I was just suddenly tall and slender and... Had all my hair still, and that was a glorious fortnight. <laughs> it was just a really good weekend, that yeah. wasn't it? And then I went to university. I said, "We well, can go to the pub whenever I want." Wow, that's awesome! And yeah, that was basically it. Then from <laughs> from then till now, it's all downhill from there, <laughs> pretty much. So, uh, yeah, so I've been trying to get into shape and hitting the gym quite regularly. And I'm a different shape when I started. I would say I'm I'm sort of more redistributing my mass than getting rid of it but I know it's, it's an improvement I think mm. but you told me you've um, started doing uh, some well actually as we record this you have uh, some extensive exercise plan don't you yeah okay so um, a few months ago I started doing weight training 
um, at a, a really, really good facility um, near where I live. And this uh, was born of um, a number of things. One, I mean, like I said, I, I've I've always worked from home, so my lifestyle is not active generally anyway. Same. But the narrative throughout the pandemic, you know, do your daily exercise, get out for your one hour of walking or whatever, that really did sort of make clear to me how much of a... <laughs> How much of a sedentary blob I am, right? <laughs> and, um, same, same. And I, uh, I, I don't do well under my own steam when it comes to exercise because I just quit. I'll just be honest. Like I, I'll just, I'll go out for a run or I'll go to the gym and I'll be like, you know what? I'm bored. I'm going home. Hmm. Um, but the reason I started going to this particular place was because they have guided classes, right? And it's weights, and I hate cardio. God, hate it with a passion. <laughs> Running, why? Um, <laughs> So it's, yes, it's strength training and they have guided classes. And um, yeah, the reason I started obviously is because the gyms had reopened again. Um, so I've really gotten into it, really enjoying it. And um, yeah, as, as you said, tomorrow I'm uh, taking part in a 12 hour fundraiser to raise funds for um, Cardiff Dogs Home. Absolutely mm -hmm. tremendous cause. Um, how well I'm going to fare, I don't know, because whilst I am pretty good at lifting the heavy thing, I'm not so good at doing cardio as uh, as I've mentioned. And that's primarily what tomorrow's going to be about. So thoughts and prayers, please. Yeah, so this might be the last episode. So. I was going to say, this could well be the last time you ever hear me on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. So it's 12 hours of persistent gym work then, essentially. Yes. I mean, not just me, because I like straight up wouldn't even entertain the thought of that. But it's everybody. Well done if so. You know. <laughs> so. Good God. Um, it's everybody that goes to the gym basically for 12 hours. We're trying to like collect as many miles distance, you know, as, mm. as we can. Um, last year, we managed to get from Cardiff to Gibraltar, which nice. was quite impressive. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to try and go far, further than Gibraltar this time. <laughs> so that just reminds me of quite recently. We're in, um, took the kids away for a little mini break to uh, Folly Farm. Uh, it's a lovely place in Wales, a little... Uh, well, little is huge now. It's a farm which has become a sort of a tourist attraction. Great place to go. Uh, but it involves a lot of um, walking because, you know, it's an extended farm. farm and my son, Millen, he has a Fitbit. He's had it for a long time now because he's uh, quite sporty, quite active, and he likes to keep track of how much he's doing and, you know, 50-minute mile in school and stuff, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't realise, but uh, the Fitbit has an app which is attached to my wife's phone. And... Uh, it sort of just gives you updates, like you've walked this far, you've walked this far, you've walked this far, and today you did this, and it keeps a sort of running total. And a few months ago, he said you have, you know, you have now walked the, the length of New Zealand uh, in, um, in 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 terms of steps done. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And as we're in Folly Farm, like towards the end of the day, we were a bit all a bit tired. She so got a beep beep on her phone. She said, oh, Millen, like turns out the Fitbit says you've walked the length of Japan. <laughs> and he said, what today? <laughs> oh my God, bless him. <laughs> Oh, oh my god, Millen, well done, man. That's an amazing achievement. <laughs> he was very thrown, but he, he wasn't joking. Like, have I done that today? Because <laughs> it does. I've been walking a while, but I don't think the whole first world nation has been covered in that time. So, I mean, that's that's how I for sure feel tomorrow. I'll be like, I I must have certainly roam the entire distance across across Atlantic, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was, um, yeah. I say that when I was a kid, like saying, like, I got a swimming badge, I did half a length. He said, Oh, that's rubbish. He said, Yeah, but I was in the sea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we fished out the Atlantic halfway. But, you know, not too bad. Um, uh, so, yeah, yeah. So, so I've been doing this, and um, obviously, you know, the, the benefits are 
are, are very significant. And I, I, in a way, I'm kind of cross about that. Yeah. I'm kind of annoyed, actually, that it turns out that exercise does make me feel better. Because Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, how, how good would it be if I was just like, actually, you know what, exercise is terrible. It's it's actually much worse for me. So there we go. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, that, that was the thing. I mean, I, I've never been a gym person. I've, I've always had memberships on and off. And I, I sort of do the token amount to say like, well, at least I go. And that's sort of my, my thing. But so during a pandemic, obviously from a lot, a lot more sedentary, a lot more, you know, went through a really hard emotional time, was drinking more than I should and being self-indulgent more. I think I was allowed to do that. I don't think anyone's going to think less of me. Um, well, no, but obviously. Then, but then we went to see my in-laws the first time in like a year and a half. And obviously I wasn't happy to see each other. We were allowed in the house for once and checked lots of photos, share around. And then I you know, shared them on the family WhatsApp group and I just saw the photos of myself with my um, rather extended uh, midriff section. I thought, that, that's just not... Mm. That doesn't look right. And, but it got to the point where I've never been bothered with my own personal shape before. It's... It became synonymous with the whole, you know, the traumatic period, the the grief and everything. And I thought, well, I'm like that because of what I went through. Mm. And so I wasn't, it was making me unhappy. It's like being able to see myself in that shape thinking, oh, that's, that's because of what you, what you experienced. You know, having a constant reminder of the worst time of your life being provided by your own body, I imagine isn't fun for, you know, I remember a lot of people have that, women especially. And um, mm. so, yeah, I thought, well, like, I can do something about that. And I want to, and I did. I know it's going okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, do you know, I, I, I made that sort of like extended groan sound when you mentioned the photo, because I think, mm. I mean, that that's probably, photos are probably quite a catalyst for a lot of people. And certainly for me, um, where that what I really encouraged me to, to throw myself into this whole weights thing was seeing a photo of myself, somebody had taken and just been like, good God. <laughs> Yep, is that what I look like? That was exactly it. Yeah, and it it, it wasn't even so much like, um, like a, a kind of like a physical attract, like a, a beauty standard thing. It was just I, I, I realised that I had just become so much bigger over lockdown, um, and um, and that was obviously corresponding to a lot of issues I was having with like, you know, being able to sleep and my my sense of fitness. And obviously, I, I've mentioned before I have issues with. Um, endometriosis and PCOS and like that's affected as well mm. um, so yeah so it's, it was the, the bloody photograph <laughs> pluck my eyes out I wish I hadn't seen this but I have mm. have to do something about this now crap yeah but that's like that's really sort of revealing about why we think these ways and that I've never sort of been particularly bothered about my, my shape before I mean I've been aware of it I'm not, it's never been something I've it's never been a priority then but, you know because I've I'm not bigger than a lot of guys. No, I'm not. Um, I'm not uh, some svelte uh, hunk in any by any stretch of the imagination. Um, sometimes like hunk. Some, yeah. Do, do we still use the word hunk? I'm that using seem, it. That I'm seems it back. Like a, seems like a really nineties word. Yeah. Hunk. Oh, hunky. I'm bringing it back. I think it's uh, it's time. It's time for a revival of the hunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right then. Hunk yeah. revival. Yeah, and um, you know, I remember sort of quite vividly uh, New Year just after New Year's Eve, like twenty twenty. Pre-pandemic, but uh, no, just after the Christmas period ended, it was maybe two days after New Year's Eve. I was took my kids to the pool while the wife was in work, and you know it's quite it's quite early, it's quite quiet, so we're just in the little kids' pool, just sat there, and I'm feeling quite like oh, you know, it's post Christmas, you self you indulge a lot during the festive period, you have to have a lot of self discipline not to, you know, everyone January, New Year, New Me, all that sort of stuff, and I just sat there with my kids like in my trunks, and then someone got in the pool opposite, uh, just and it was um, 
looked up, and it was a uh, former Wales captain Sam Warburton <laughs> with his daughter. No way! Yeah, who, who, believe it or not, is not a uh, an impressive physical specimen. Oh my god, it's so, so funny you should say that because yeah. Sam Warburton is actually driving a massive fundraising campaign for Cardiff Dogs Home at the moment, which is what I'm going to the gym to raise there money for tomorrow. Oh, we've come full circle. <laughs> yes, we have indeed. But like, I, I was feeling sort of set, kind of body conscious anyway. But then to have him just watch, sit opposite me staring. Yeah, for God's sake, oh, Sam. Jesus <laughs> I don't need this. I mean, perfect physical specimen just wandering in my eye line. Oh, that's nice. But, but so I've never been that, but I've never been sort of, no, especially conscious. I mean, there are loads of guys who are much bigger than me, so I'm, I've always been Mr. Average in my head. But then when I saw myself like that, and I sort of linked it to, you know, grief, depression, mm. you know, over excessive drinking, lockdown, I thought, well, I want to, I want to do something about that. But I think the, you know, the, the, my wife's really into Sophie Hagen lately, like by a Guilty Feminist podcast and stuff, and she's, you know, working really hard to take the stigma away from fat, fat phobic stuff. I mean, she says she says she's fat. She used the word fat quite openly and freely. And I think, yeah, there, there is a certain you know, ingrained cultural learning that overweight or being or anyway fat equals unhealthy. And mm. that isn't necessarily the case at all. I mean, it, it, exercise is good. I mean, there's been so many different studies that show that if you exercise more, it's better for your brain because fundamentally brain's an organ you know it, it you know, the, the better your body works the more resources and better support physically supported your brain is the, the more it can do so there is mm. that you know just basic fundamental physics to it but this idea that you have to look slim and be you know to be healthy is i think potentially quite a harmful one. Oh god absolutely oh yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely i mean i i think about my own shape um and that is I, I, i'm never gonna be a skinny girl ever yeah. um and uh, I, I suppose in, you know, uh, in, in the fashion world, I would be classed as, you know, plus size, curvy, whatever the hell that's <laughs> supposed to mean. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I absolutely don't believe that weight should be synonymous with, you know, standards of beauty or, or beauty ideals or anything like that. I think mm. it really just comes down to how you feel in your skin, you know, yeah, and not definitely. and not even necessarily against a backdrop of you know how society views you or how society thinks you should look but like just physically how do you feel and that's the one thing that really drove me to start lifting weight is when I saw that picture of myself I thought god you know what I am bigger and I can feel it I feel sluggish I'm tired you know um I I can feel because I've, I've got hypermobility I can feel that my joints are creaking and that was what it was that drove me to do it you know mm. to go to the gym because I wanted just to make myself physically yeah. feel better yeah that was my thing I mean as a sort of straight white guy with who writes books for a living like my nobody cares about my physical appearance there's never been an issue for me but for women it's what day one you just constantly giving these body standards which are I mean, these days, literally impossible. You know, the whole mm. Photoshop in magazines and like, there's a lot of studies show that Instagram and other filters, you know, the whole beauty filters are causing a lot of body issues for women because they are present you know, you've regularly been presented with other people looking attractive in ways which are genuinely physically impossible. But that's yeah. sort of, no, that's that's if that's in your your social media feed, which is a big part of your life now and part of your identity, and that's gonna warp how you think you should look. I mean, yeah. I do, I do wonder though if the pandemic has been some kind of great leveler in terms of mm. of these sort of standards because 
after a year of you know sitting at home and as we said <laughs> sourdough bread everybody <laughs> has changed shape of course they have you know yeah, everybody's put put on a few pounds or whatever um and the you know the people that sort of like wang on valiantly about how they haven't or whatever well good for them but fuck off <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> you know but, but there's this sort of fetishization fetishization there we go third time third time's a charm um of people who do that. I mean, early on in the pandemic, I mean, it was after my father had died, so I was quite emotionally sensitive anyway. And, like, there was, um, when the hot weather started, <clears throat> there's that guy who ran a marathon, like, in terms of miles running in his back garden. And, you know, if he wants to do that, fair enough. You know, he's obviously quite, um, quite physically minded. He wants to be keep fit. Great, great. And people are looking at different ways of doing things. Um, but the, the, the newspaper article was, while you were sunbathing, this man ran a marathon in his garden. It's, well, that's his choice. You fuck off. Yeah. I'll sunbathe good, if I want. Good for him. <laughs> Leave me alone with my bread. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly that. And and you're you're absolutely right. I think that while whilst I say okay, perhaps it's been a, a bit of a leveler in terms of hey, we've all put on weight. I think that perhaps it also did serve to exacerbate um, the whole um, us and them. I. Um, yeah. divide between like we're just normal people and then we have like the influencers who are like hey you know even though it's a pandemic i'm still keeping in shape and meanwhile everyone else is like oh my god i can barely get out of bed in the morning like the world is ending i've mm. not seen my loved ones for weeks all of these things yeah. and now i feel doubly shit about myself because i'm getting bigger you know yeah also like that was a big thing of like people saying well now that you have all this free time you can do oh. all those things i don't have free time i have like a serious amount of grief to deal with. I have two small children who are dependent on me more than ever and no options to do anything about it. So, no, this isn't leisure time. This isn't downtime. This is horrible. <laughs> do you think you should yeah. stop judging people for that? That I mean, but that was a huge narrative at one point, wasn't it? This idea that, oh, well, what are we all going to do with ourselves during lockdown? Like, like there was, like you said, like we all suddenly had this time to fill and we all had some kind of like responsibility or duty to like make it count and um and now we're coming out the other side of it i'm increasingly having conversations with people who are like oh you know i wished i wished i'd known how long this was going to last for because if i if i had then i could have looked ahead and planned my time and i could have learned a foreign language or taken up woodworking mm. or lost three stone or whatever but as we were living in it at the time, you know, we were just trying to get by from one day to the next. It was impossible to know what was going to happen in the future. Yeah. And that just meant doing what we had to do to survive. And if that just meant taking it one day at a time, sitting on the sofa, eating sourdough bread and <laughs> scrolling through Instagram, being furious at the influencers, then that's what we had to do. Yeah, that's quite cathartic, isn't it? Just to have a go at someone else and... What's it, Gal Gadot and that Imagine video? Like, oh, seriously, guys? Why did you think that was a good idea? Personal bugbear there. Do you remember that? The what, sorry? Gal Gadot did that Imagine video and had all the... Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Uh, Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, cool. See what you're trying to do there. But that's really just uh, hit hit the wrong note with the good people of the universe. Someone should have had a word. But are you entirely sure this is the best thing to do right now? Yeah, that's... That, well, that, that's, that's quite a callback, isn't it? <laughs> Memory clearly hasn't gone that far, but um, but you know, it's important. I remember, like so the rules were you had to stay at home and not go anywhere. But apart from your daily exercise, so even like the idea of exercise and health was part of the rules. You know, part of the um, the government r- r- restrictions. You can still you know, so exercise was 
you know, it's been acknowledged as an important thing. And it is, you know, you have to stay active, you have to stay mobile to a certain extent because your body just will stop working if you don't. And mm. those people who can't do it are, you know, they, 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 they have the consequences to deal with that and they don't want to. It's not that they're lazy, it's just that you know, when you have an infirmity of some sort, it's not easy. You know? That's why, again, there's a lot of friends who have disabilities of some sort and they hate, being, by and large, being used as inspiration porn you know sort of yeah the only disability is a bad attitude oh you know i've just lost both my legs you know <laughs> i should just decide that i haven't lost both my legs and that'll be fine that's that's such a sort of it's just such a smug sort of patronizing way to go about things but i do i think it does feed into the whole physical ability uh you know like thinness like uh, and slimness and being physically impressive it equals healthy and that's just mm. it because it doesn't i mean listen to so we did some sports by the day, and they pointed out that if you see, like, in the 80s, these bodybuilding uh, you know, shows with all these guys on stage are just nothing but a loincloth and buff muscles. And, uh, like, they may look, you know, like, like supreme physical specimens, but they are, by and large, closer to death than the average slightly obese person. Because, I mean, my wife's talking about this, like, they're in the Marvel films, like, almost, you know, when they've got all the veins sticking out of their arms, like the big, huge buff muscles... That's because they're seriously dehydrated. That's it. Mm. Your, your veins don't do that if you're, you know, you've got not enough water in them. So these guys have to just not not start, but experience extreme thirst and then do some filming. It's really dangerous to do that. You know, it really messes up your body's like ion levels and your, your hydration and stuff. So looking like that isn't guaranteed to be healthy. And I think that's something which people overlook a lot. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's it, isn't it? Is it? you know it's when we when we're talking about exercise the whole link between exercise and health genuine health um gets massively derailed by the link between exercise and being deemed worthy of the way you look yeah, physically it's, it's in terms visual, of beauty yeah. ideas or beauty ideals or standards or whatever um but you know i know plenty of people who are t- technically overweight i suppose but have very healthy lifestyles they are healthy. I know people that are absolutely gorgeous in terms of, you know, what we've all been told to believe and understand as gorgeous, but are very unhealthy, you know, are, are vulnerable or have um, very low standards of fitness or whatever. So, yes, you're absolutely right. There is this inextricable link and, and really... Um, I feel like, if anything, over the, the course of the pandemic, it's something, especially since there's been this narrative around everyone's put on a bit of weight or, you know, the, also the the conversation around getting your daily exercise. I, I really feel like over the course of the pandemic, that's something that's really been brought to the fore. You know, more yeah. people are talking about it now. Yeah, and you can tell it's a lot of it's purely just a judgmental thing. It's purely a status, mm. you know, I want to be able to victimise someone and feel morally OK about that. And... People overweight are, you know, perennial victims of that. I mean, they, they, uh, quite a few times, though, shops have started like openly advertising by mannequins like their fitness you know, clothes, gym clothes for plus size people, for want of a better description. You know, they have mannequins now, which are you know, much, much more physically big than the previous ones. And you get the people like the pundits usually, like, oh, you shouldn't encourage this sort of thing. That's, so. Gym clothes should only be sold for those who are already. Yeah, <laughs> but it's and... en- encouraging what sort of thing? This is what people look like. This is what yeah. normal people look like. You know. Yeah, it's like, well, what do you want? Like, you, so people like being fat is bad. So trying to sell them gym clothes, that's bad as well. So yeah, so yeah, 
So what? So what? What are they saying? That fat people should just disappear? Yeah, basically, they, they just should, not be seen. Yeah, they should never wander into my eye line. <laughs> yes. Of, and I know there's like the arguments of you know, well, they have more health problems than you're overweight, and therefore they shouldn't have the same level of treatment. Or they, they're drained on the NHS. But so is smoking. So is drinking. So is driving a car. So is doing any sort of sport. Where do you draw that line? You know, only if you look after your health utterly impeccably. Should you be allowed to use the health service? Well, exactly. And also I think that sort of veers into the idea that if if someone's accusing someone or some demographic or whatever of being a drain on the NHS, well, actually, it doesn't matter if they are. Really, the big question is, shouldn't we have a better NHS that can actually manage to (laughs) accommodate everybody? But that is obviously a wildly separate, (laughs) much angrier, shouty podcast topic. Yeah. So back to ourselves. I mean, I, when I started going to the gym, I will confess, I confess, I mean, I will just say, <laughs> I'm not guilty of anything, I'll say, like, I, I did feel a lot better. I mean, I just felt, but I think a big part is also, you know, taking active control of your own situation. Mm. No matter what you're doing, that does feel better. You know, if you sort of think, well, I'm not happy in this current situation, as it currently exists, if I can make some sort of change, that will be, you know, some sort of beneficial. You know, especially if the change doesn't hurt you or doesn't cause you, you know, any, make things worse, then you think, yeah. I, I exerted control of my own life and that's you know, to do it via physical exercise is a handy way to do that because it has other benefits too I suppose that's actually a very interesting point you've made about the idea of taking control over your life and I wonder if um, you know for me and possibly yourself obviously uh, a lot of what you're doing now gym wise is in response to what you dealt with during the pandemic mm. um, I wonder if there are perhaps more people out there now approaching fitness and exercise um, for that reason, because we've just had 18 months where we had literally no control over anything we could do. We had very little control over our own sort of autonomy. Now, suddenly, we're, we're getting control back. And this is like, OK, let's do it. Let's take control. I, because if I don't, then I'm just it's just kind of an extension of the pandemic um, way of thinking. Yeah, no, I think it's just exerting, just make some sort of change, some sort of positive mm. change. I mean, that's why... Everyone does it like in January. It's like going, New Year. It's a landmark. There's a thing of right. So the New Year started. There's a new span of time ahead of me. I can make this different and I can choose to do that. I do find dry January easier than not drinking other times of year because I don't know. It's like sort of culturally agreed time when, oh yeah, well, that's when you do that. So when, you know, when the normal culture is like, well, you go for a drink, let's go for a drink. Yeah, when you have to let people down, you can say, like, oh, I'm doing dry January. That's. That's like, oh, okay, fine. Well, that's um, you know, that's a box you're allowed to tick. Yeah. And you know, now that the you know, pandemic's over, like everyone back in the gym or everyone back to doing your sport you want to do, then that's good too. So this, I guess it's part of that as well, like what we expect and what we allow. And because when, like, when you are, like if you are, I've never been especially body conscious. And when I started going back to the gym, I, I think subconsciously I was sort of rebelling. And that's, I know like, you know, go to a gym it, I, I have the mental idea of what it looks like in a gym you know, guys in really tight vests doing like really sort of big muscles pumping iron people looking their best and stuff and I would turn up really old pair of shorts daddy pig <coughs> socks <laughs> working <laughs> trainers yeah that's right I'm, I'm allowed to be here like you guys and um, uh, but then I have to realise actually I'm really sweaty now so I have to get some proper gym clothes so that was that was the thing but yeah you know, it, it sort of like makes it slightly more acceptable to make these changes when everyone else says well that's this is a good time to do that yes absolutely exactly and I mean and that's just like I guess it's just like herd behaviour isn't it you know hmm. everyone just wants to sort of get the approval of others and that making those changes makes people feel good about themselves 
Yeah, but I think it's a case of if you are, quote unquote, what people would recognize as overweight, and that's where they should put the quotes, but I put them earlier, so that was, <laughs> that was a pointless uh, interjection. Then, you know, if you're happy, then that's fine too. Like if you're mentally sound or mentally happy, then I think it's the judgment which can lead to a lot of stress. Is in, well, I feel fine. I, I, I observe a healthy lifestyle. I'm perfectly happy myself, but people keep looking at me and thinking I'm some sort of disgrace that I shouldn't be allowed to exist. And that will have direct negative impacts on your mental well-being. Of course it will. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Nothing to add to that. I'm just sort of, I, think it's, I guess I was really conscious of talking about this and thinking, because it's really, I find a tricky line to walk of, I started doing more physical exercise and I feel a lot better for it. And I would happily advise other people to try the same if they are um, you know, thinking about it or on the fence or just a bit wary. But I also don't want to say, if you don't do that, then you're in some way flawed or you're, you have some sort of issue because that's not the case at all. It, it no, is, and also, yeah. we, I mean, nobody, Dean, nobody wants to be friends with a guy that, like, wangs on about CrossFit or whatever, you know. No, so don't, no, no. Yeah. Don't be that guy. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 that's why I've not become a gym guy. I'm, I'm a guy <laughs> who goes to the gym. So That's I, how it starts. Yeah, but I've managed a long time so without putting my, my daily calorie count on facebook or like the number of i'm not really good at it i'm going to clarify that yeah now, right? as soon as soon as you link my fitness pal to facebook then we're done yeah and <laughs> rightly so i think i, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't frown on that i mean don't do yours tomorrow because you're gonna it, it might skew your stats somewhat <laughs> well quite <laughs> yeah. yes but anyway exercise good if you can do it if you can't fair enough <laughs> just that. yeah i mean there we go it's just it's just like the underlying score of everything we talk about so if it makes you happy and it doesn't hurt anyone go for it yeah I mean, there are benefits, but also, you know, as long as the benefits are necessary and good for you, because if you're doing it cause, I mean, when you don't want to, and you just because you feel you have to, then that could have the opposite effect. I think maybe that's what I'm trying to get at, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Very fine line to walk. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to sort of like become any sort of judgmental guy and a gym prick at the same time that would be yeah exactly yeah. don't don't be the white guy with a podcast talking about exercise <laughs> yeah. being a gym prick yeah. <laughs> don't don't be that guy dude that, that that's that, that's not a destination i have in mind <laughs> but yeah you, know, you see it can happen it can be a slippery slope never know all right then well yeah. great chatting to you and yeah. yeah i'll let you know how i get on tomorrow like i said thoughts and prayers yes this might be the last time we speak to rachel so <laughs> it's, it's been fun it's been fun rachel. it's been a trip guys thanks <laughs> good luck <laughs> cheers bit. Thanks everyone once again for listening. If you want to ask us anything, uh, mental health related or anything, or would like to suggest a topic for Rachel and I to discuss, or even just leave feedback for some description, you can contact us via Twitter at BrainyUpInPod, you can email us at BrainyUpInPodcast at gmail.com, or use the form on my website, DeanBennett.com. Like with most podcasts, positive reviews and ratings are always helpful, so if you are inclined to leave us such a thing uh, on the podcast provider of your choice, that would be appreciated and helpful. Uh, this podcast was launched to coincide with the publication of my new book, Psychological, all about mental health and what's actually happening in our brains when we experience problems with it. Available now at all good book retailers and some of the less good ones too. And now the same goes for Rachel and her new book, Everyday Activism, How to Change the World in Five Minutes, One Hour or a Day, also available now. As ever, Brain Up in Battle Damaged is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. For more curiously entertaining podcasts, live streams and live events, blogs and documentaries, head to CosmicShambles.com. And to support the network and get access to lots of exclusive content, subscribe at patreon.com forward slash Cosmic Shambles. See you next time.